Just before we get started today, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's went out their way to listen to the podcast so far. 20 episodes down and so many more to go. Me, Nathan and Jack are going to keep going with this and see where it takes us. We're really enjoying doing it and we'll do it for as long as you guys want us to. Um, We'll keep the content going, keep the interviews going, keep the topics going, everything. So it was just a thank you to everyone who's took time out of the day to listen to us talking. (laughs) Um, And I hope you enjoy episode 20 as much as I enjoyed recording it. So thank you. Welcome to episode 20 of the Goals in Motion podcast. This week in Pick of the Week, me and Nathan talk about the Euro 2022 and the stigma that's attached to the female game. And in Motion, we have a fantastic interview with Kieran Glynn and it's not one to miss. Pick of the Week! Right, so this week on Pick of the Week, me and Nathan are talking about the Euro 2022, which has taken place in England, and the stigma between men's and women's football. Welcome back, Nathan. How are you? How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, not bad. How are you, Brad? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. Not too bad. Not as busy as you, so I'm all right. <laughs> I'm on my way back from training. I've just had the last one an hour and a half there. Um, but yeah, busy way. Still... Yeah. How did the uh, How did How did they get on then? Yes, it was, it was. Three points, though. I think uh, it is, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, a lot of the time, you even look at the 1966 when the men won it, they drew the first game, didn't they? Mm. Um, when we got the finals, it was a very safe 1-0 against um, sort of hard opposition, wasn't it, in the, last, in the latest one for the men. Um, so the ladies have done exactly what they should do and get three points in the bags early doors. Exactly, it was... Uh... It was it was a it was a half decent performance. I did all right, but I think I think the game that they've they've got next is coming at the right time. Um, they're against a dangerous Norway team, aren't they? Um, yeah, they've, they've always been strong, haven't the Scandinavians and female yeah. football? So it'll be the test. But the the, the manager's Scandinavian herself, wasn't she? So yeah, she has a little bit of uh, insight into it. I've said. Yeah, um, so talking about women's football and men's football, do you still think there's a a stigma attached to to the female game then? So, the reason I thought of, of this topic was, so you see a lot of shares saying it's coming home and stuff like that, but you can't get behind your national side no matter who you support, if you're Scottish, get behind your national side, but yeah. what I see a lot of, um, especially when I'm looking on social media, my friends on social media or the followers on social media. Um, so no, I'm just okay, but I don't know if women's football, for me, it's not as quick as the men. You know, the men are beating more, the, this and that, and uh, compared to the men's game, it's slow. But why are we comparing it to the men's game? That's what my question is. Like, you never do that in anything else other than football. 
Why yeah. are we doing it? Because I, I obviously we both coach female grassroots teams. Yeah. We never compare them to the boys, do we? Nah, wouldn't want to. <laughs> no, no, but we never, other than attitude, which is a, is a, a negative comparison for the, for the male game, in my opinion. We'll never say, oh, you did well there, girls, but obviously the boys play better than you. The boys do play a stronger passes team. In the male game, this is what they do. We don't. We, we talk about football. Um, so, in my opinion, England last night should have been compared with Austria. Yeah. Or with Norway tonight. I compare them in an equal field. If, if, if you're a scientist out there and you say, right, we're going to do a test on friction, we're going to use toy cars, and we'll change the surface, you keep the toy car the same. Yeah, exactly. And that's how you compare. So, so compare them when they play in different climates, compare them when they play against different opponents, but don't compare the car, the sort of speakers, the, the female team, to a different car. I've, I've got a theory, right? So my theory is that sort of it's it's the blokes, it's mainly blokes, isn't it? Of you know, like that you see on social media. So it's I think if say for instance you cut one of your mates commented on something to do with female football, and then for whatever reason I don't know why they'll get a bit of sticks from the mate saying oh it's this it's that like you say it's not as it, uh, it's not as fast as the men's game it's not for me or whatever but like for me I think it's the stigma of oh well I like I like w- the women's game because to be fair they don't they don't roll about and pretend they're injured for three quarters of the game like the men do you know that it's it's fr- it's frustrating because we've been part of the the female game for so long that we've seen it grow and and you know you want to be part of that where I, I don't know why there's still that attitude from certain men that why can't they like women's football? What what's not to like yeah. about women's football? It, and it, it's not even just women's football, is it? It's just football. Yeah. Like the, the, the sport itself's the same. It's just the players, but you know, I, I saw a few comments. Obviously, I won't mention names on yeah, yeah. on Facebook. Someone said it's just not for me. I can't stand watching it. How slow it is. I'm thinking. I bet these women here who play for England. And I know this person plays football. Yeah. Come and watch you playing in the Sunday League in Darling, right? And I bet they're going to stand there and go, by can't stand watching this. It's so slow, it's so scrappy. Yeah. It's absolutely played them off the park. Yeah. So I'm thinking, who are you to say what this game is when actually there might be a Darling fan? Yeah. Darling win 2 0 or 1 0, like England women did last night. Are they going to come off and go, by the good Darlow, but I tell you what, don't pass a ball like Barcelona do. <laughs> they're not, they're just going to be happy that they won. They're, exactly. they're just going to be happy that they won and, and they played some half decent football. Yeah, you can argue that they didn't play some half decent football last night, but England, they played in all right spells, but they did what they needed to do. Why can't we just appreciate that? Why can't we just appreciate that these, these human beings, it doesn't matter what gender they are, yeah, exactly. they're doing something that they like doing. <laughs> doing the job actually these people are doing the job uh, you, know, you don't see that you don't see um, Beth Mead coming up to this bloke who's uh, ICT manager from Sheffield go by you're, you're slow at your job aren't you they don't, she's not giving him stick exactly but she's getting stick because she's a woman playing football it's ridiculous yeah I don't I don't get it either like it's we had um, ah, it was we, months, months ago now but we had um, 
we had Sarah and Amy on back to back guests who play for Durham Sestria. Um yeah, yeah. and it was like talking to them, some some of their journeys was better than some some prof, you know, some men's players, you know. You shouldn't have yeah. to I, I think you're right, you know. Well I don't think you're right, I know you're right about the categorising. You know, like say for instance if I go, oh, England are playing in the Euros on Monday. Do you fancy, do you fancy watching it? And then there'll be a comment going, oh, what, the women's Euros, you mean? No, I mean the Euros. Oh, the Euros, yeah. It's Euro 2022, isn't it? Yeah. There's no other Euro, there's no other Euro 2022. <laughs> exactly. But you don't do it at the Olympics, do you? You don't say, oh, do you want to come to the Olympics, watch the running? Who is it, men or women running? It's both, isn't it, because it's yeah. the Olympics. And it's called the Olympics. But then you don't say that, do you? You don't, you don't see Usain Bolt fly down at 100 metres. And then you see Kelly Holmes running in whatever whatever discipline she's, she's doing. I know she was obviously a multi-discipline athlete, yeah. but you don't see people go, why oh, Usain Bolt runs faster than her. Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. She's got five goals. Of course he does. She's all yeah. right for, for the discipline she's doing, you know. But it, it, I always see that, like in the Olympics. Very equal, isn't it? Very appreciative yeah, yeah. of both genders, abilities, mixed genders, whatever, whatever um, sort of people are competing. I even think the rugby, you know, and, and, and hockey, sports yeah. like that. But in football, it has to be that. Even, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. Um, recently, I put a post out for um, the friendlies for our club. Oh, I was yeah. coach at the same club. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I put it on a grassroots forum, looking for friendlies for our under sevens. Anyway, I had a message from a club saying, we'll play, we'll play in the sixth division of this. And I thought, right, I, I clocked on straight away that it's a boys team because obviously we don't have sixth division. Yeah. And I just said, all right, just to let you know, we're a girls team, obviously we'll still play you in sixth division, it's probably going to be fair enough. And the email, the message I got back said, oh, it's, it's all right, sorry, I didn't realise you were a girls team. There's nowhere where we sort of, it states that. That's what they said to us. I said, oh, sorry, there's nowhere that states you're an actual boys team. So because they were called so-and-so football club, they were allowed to be a boys team. We didn't have to state it. But because we were called FC Dallet Locomotive, because we didn't say FC Dallet Locomotive Girls, they were outraged that we hadn't stated that we were a girls club. They do that, don't they? So have you noticed so on Facebook, right, on whatever grassroots football page it is, um, or grassroots North East or whatever it is so I've noticed that when people put about friendlies because I inquire sometimes so it'll say I don't know like Gateshead, Gateshead FC or whatever for an example are interested in a friendly yeah. and unless it says girls which is wrong everyone assumes that it's boys everyone it's shocking Is 
Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, the pitch we play on is about... It's like what the men would play on, so I don't think that theory shot straight away. <laughs> exactly, so... Uh, I think, yeah. I think it's interesting because obviously things are my parents. Yeah. My dad's 6'1", my mum's 5'7". So to think them playing on the same pitch, if they were to play well, I mean, if they were playing on the same pitch, it'd be hilarious, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Theoretically, maybe the goal should be smaller. Um, I, th- I think, yeah. So when you look at it in averages, yeah, maybe they should be. But I don't think. <clears throat> I think they need to be careful, and it and it shouldn't happen because of the day and age yeah. But when people are making snarky comments about, oh well, it was only a world class save. Goals, yeah, it's only it's only a world class save because the goals are an inch or two shorter. Like it, yeah. it. That's I think that's the thing where you say, oh, because the bot, the only play over size for that type of thing, and it's like, yeah. how does it make it any different? No, you're right, and obviously, you, I mean, look at like, look at Messi. I bet he's yeah. only size six or something, boot size. Yeah, yeah the Messi is. But obviously, genetically, um, or biological, it's obviously Necessarily think that in say I think in in with us being grassroots I think that'd be a good experiment to have I think in the women's game like I'd I'd back most say from 
say the fourth division up in women in the women's game, I'd back them to beat most non-league men's teams just because hey, it is out fitness fitness and just they don't mess about. They just they don't they're not on the floor constantly and you know and, and, yeah. and they're very technical now with all the RT, uh, RTCs or not or just grassroots clubs and and yeah, yeah. And, you've got the PDCs as well, haven't you? Which is all very technical. Yeah. Which I think which I think's great to be fair, rather than just going, Oh well, you know that type of thing. Did you watch it, the game, the England game? Certainly did. What's our chances? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's always difficult judging by the first game, but I think I've seen enough in the last 18 months to, yeah. to say, to say you know, with, with the new coach, and she was coach of Netherlands, wasn't she, when they won? Um, yeah, yeah. 20, 2017, was it? Um... I think it was, was it 2017? 2017, 2018. Yeah, 2017, yeah. Um, she was only there six, seven months, wasn't she? Yeah. She won it as well. So, and she's been here, what, nine months? That, that, that's written yeah. in the stars. I reckon we go one step further than last time. We get to the final and hopefully the Lionesses bring it home. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think? Yeah. benefits to these these players at the top of the game which I think it should do uh, I mean I think they a healthy wage uh, it's not been near what they should be in comparison to the men's game but does yeah. it bring the revenue in or moments which there I think yeah. um, it could definitely be more it could always be more and I'd agree with that um, but it's a good wage I wouldn't turn down what they're getting yeah, yeah. so I think that that in our country shows because yes it's starting to go abroad and play yeah As in, hasn't um, Lucy Bronze just sealed a move to is it Barca as well? Barcelona, wasn't it? Yeah. Which is when you're saying about what you're saying about that narrative is fantastic, really.
actually a sports, it's Barcelona Sports Club, it's called, and, and the complex is incredible volleyball, futsal, hockey, uh, male and female football, uh, water polo, they've got a fence water polo team, which yeah. I had no idea about. Um, so anybody who gets to move to Barcelona in any sport, any gender, is doing well. I think when I remember, and this is completely sidetracking by the way, so I listened to the True Geordie podcast with Kieran Trippier, I don't know if you listened to it, um, and Kieran Trippier said at Atletico Madrid, they had a complex, right, where they all lived, so they were all close, so I was wondering if that's the same with Barcelona and Madrid and sort of like the top the top Spanish sides do that because apparently um, Simeone wanted all of the players to be close so they could train and then they didn't have to travel to get home so they literally trained and it was like within the complex like it's which is crazy and I think I think they do that for for the men's and the women's team Athletic Atletico Madrid um, so it's good to learn those cultures I think isn't yeah. it I've just finished my level two scouting. Oh yeah. Um, and to, to pass the level three, you have to have had some sort of visit, knowledge, or um, time abroad. Yeah. So you have to have some sort of evidence that you've gone on holiday for two weeks to go and scout in Germany, to go and watch German non-league or go to training camp in Spain. Yeah. Because the same, and also. <laughs> You have to have six weeks on scouting another sport. Oh, well. So, say, gone to Germany yeah. to watch non league football over there, and then you went over to Spain to go watch basketball, or down in Devon to go watch cricket. Um, and you have to report on those, so that they're the sort of things you have to have already done to enter onto that course. And I know the pro license is exactly the same. Yeah. The pro license states that. Um, you have to go and work with another discipline, another sport discipline, and you have to go for all to go Oh, yeah. So it's good. I think it's good to, to go out there and see other cultures in life in general, I think, as well. I think it is, like you say, different cultures. And it's just, I think it, 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 grow, it makes you grow as a person as well, not just with football yeah. or sport, just in general. And I think that, that that's important, especially for your journey. Like you say, when these young players went abroad, <coughs> excuse me, to play, you know, in Spain, in France, in Germany. And I think when you go young, it mature, your maturity level is so much higher and it shows you what the world's like. So I think that's that's important for these these young women and young men to be able to experience that rather than just staying in the comfort zone. Um, so yeah, that's <clears throat> so that's our Euro twenty twenty two topic covered. Um, so we both are we both gonna say England to win in the final against whoever. Hopefully, um, oh, and the final has been sold out for weeks apparently. Yeah, that's another thing that was good last night to see, wasn't it? The um record-breaking crowd or the record-breaking tournament attendance is going to be, I think, isn't it? So yeah, it was, fa- it was fantastic. Yeah, you're going to one, aren't you? When are you going to one? Yeah, Saturday, so I'm going to watch Portugal against Switzerland. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, so so that that should be good. So I'll uh, I'll let you know, let you know how uh, how that one goes. So that's it. That's in Lee Sports Village, like pretty much Wigan. Um, so yeah, it should be should be good. Um, <clears throat> just looking forward to seeing seeing different teams who I haven't watched before because I, I I like that. Yeah. I know you're the same as well, aren't you? that one until we uh until we preview pre season for the tune I think <laughs> but yeah um so we'll we'll leave it there and it was nice catching up with you again Nathan. No problem it's been good uh, on my journey all the way from the training ground home this it's absolutely done me uh riding this very good. There you go so we'll do we'll we'll do the same again next week and I think this is a good slot from now on. So yeah, right. Enjoy the enjoy the rest of your night. Good luck at the weekend for the tournament for the lasses as well. Yeah, I will the lasses. Defo, and I'll uh, and I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Take it easy. And as always on the podcast, we would like to say thank you to Jensen Day for his music for the podcast. You can find him on Apple Music, Spotify, and all your music providers. Go and give him a follow. Really, really good up-and-coming artist and would appreciate the follow. In motion! So this week in motion, we're joined by Kieran Glynn. How's it going, mate? You all right? Yeah, good. Uh, how are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad, thank you. Not bad at all. Um, so, yeah, um, let's get cracking. So... Let's go back right to the beginning. That's that's where we'll go. We'll go at the beginning first, and then we'll just work our way to where we are now. Yeah. So, grassroots football. What type of experience did you have, if any? Uh, when I signed for my first team. Yes. Uh, well, so basically, my mum, he, he used to say that, like Saturday, the big thing. So obviously, Saturday in year six, and. Um, she never ever let me play on a team before, so I didn't play any seven aside, yeah. six aside. But so I went straight into eleven aside at um, year seven, so what that eleven, twelve, um, and yeah, it was it was class to be honest. Like um, I played a bit for school, like primary school, and that was that was seven aside. But I never used to play Saturday Sunday. But um, yeah, as soon as it. As I got my first taste of grassroots football playing me and mates and that it was I was hooked completely. That's what that that's what you want, isn't it? I think like for me I, I was the same. Mine was mine was secondary. Um I played when I was when I was in secondary as well. Um so did you within within that grassroots side did you did you stay at the same same club or did you did you play where your mates were and then progress or how how did how did that come about with your uh, journey yeah so um obviously being 11 or 12 um 
you make loads of new mates in, in like first year of secondary school and uh I had two, I had all my mates were like a group that played for the football team and uh, basically what happened was I signed, there's, there's a club called Hayside and they were like Hayside Football Club and then Hayside Juniors, mm. there were two separate ones and um, my mum couldn't drive and my dad was always working so I went to one training session with Hayside Juniors um, where like my best mate um, he was playing, so I wanted to uh, realistically. I wanted to sign for them. They trained further afield from my house, yeah. So um, I I didn't. I went to one training session with them, and then the manager was like, "I can't pick you up every week. Is there any way you can get here?" And I was like, uh, "No, not really." So I went and signed for my other friend. Um, he his team, Hayside FC, and they were within 15, 20 minutes from my house, so I just used to walk to training oh, that's and then come back to So that was, um, that was that for the first season. And then my dad changed shifts and I was able to able to um, get to the other uh, Hayside Juniors with, with my best mate, Josh, and I played for them ever since, up until about 16, 17. Oh, uh, that's pretty good. It's a shame that, isn't it? Because... I've, I, like I, I said before we before we started recording, uh, our coach, uh, grassroots football team, girls under fourteens, and it gets to the age where, you know, where you're doing your GCSEs at fifteen, sixteen, um, yeah. and then it's either you stay together, or people get jobs, and and it's a it's it's a shame it's a shame. Did you did you have much success then with your with your junior team? Um. So basically. The first team I played for, Hayside FC, they were like the most successful team. Like they were known for being like proverbially the better Hayside. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, like I just got into football and I didn't particularly like it because, to an extent, they took it too serious. Like I'm not, I'm not dis- disputing it as if like it's a bad thing. But, yeah. Um, but at that time, I just wanted to go and enjoy football, playing with my friends, and obviously. My best friend, um, who's called Josh, he he was playing for Hayside. So Josh, um, Josh was like, "Oh, come to our Hayside. Like we we know we're not the best team, um, but but we there for enjoyment, and that's all you want to do." And I was like, "Yeah, that's completely fine." And then the best part is about it. It's like a kind of like a success story. It was like um, we started off in like there was two divisions. And we started off in the second division. I think we finished like second from bottom in that yeah. in the season before I joined. Then we uh, we finished second um, the season after. Um, but I loved it. That was like thirteen to fourteen. Um, yeah. And we finished second, and we got to a cup final, but we lost. And then uh, in the final, sorry, I'm <laughs> mid <mid-year. laughs> That's all right. Then in. Uh, in the final year, obviously, we got moved up, and um, it was it was kind of crazy. Like Hayside FC were in that league, and basically the biggest game of the year was obviously Hayside versus Hayside. Yeah, and um, like that was all we were focused on all that year. We, to be fair, we played ten behind the ball, and I I just played up front. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we beat them three one, and that was like kind of a moment. 
we, I think we finished rock bottom, but that was a moment that was all, all kind of um, makes happen, and we did obviously. And yeah, that was, that was it was great to be fair. That was about as much success as we got bragging rights. I think, uh, do you know what I was when I was playing? We, my my side, were never the best. Um, so I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, it was just about playing with your mates and and just just enjoying it. Um, and then obviously you get to that age, don't you, where you you you're going to Sunday league and and stuff like that. So at sixteen, the team folded. What yeah. what was what was your next next steps? From from there, so, so obviously sixteen, uh, you finish school, um, and I was playing on a Sunday as well for a team called Phoenix Athletic. So I, to be fair, I was when I was fifteen, I was playing uh, men's football, which I probably shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. Um, but I was playing Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, and Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon for uh, a pub team near, near my house, and um, and. I was I was just playing there when the Saturday morning team folded Hayside, and then um, on a Sunday I played my own age, and um, we had an unbelievable season. We had uh, me and James Dwyer. We me and him combined scored more goals than anyone else in the league. It was crazy. Wow. Um, and then we we just and obviously um, you get to that college age and. I did quite well in my GCSEs, but it was a case of like I, I honestly had no other interest in trying to be a footballer. I never played for an academy and stuff. And I, I want obviously every kid's dreams to be a footballer, isn't it? Yeah, of course um, it is. So uh, we had a discussion between me and my me and my mum during the like the summer, like when we were applying and stuff, and. Uh, it was a case of she was saying, what do you want to do? Um, you've done well in GCSEs. I personally think she was a sixth form and I was like, oh, I just want to go and like play football at college. And then we had a massive argument and she basically said, um, what are you going to do, get a degree in football? And I was naive enough to say, yeah, I am going <laughs> to. Uh, but yeah, then I joined Hotwood All College. Um, I enrolled on the last day of enrollment um, and joined the football team. Late. And uh, I remember a manager saying to me at the time, um, Rob Johnson, uh, great guy to be fair. He said, um, "This was like a year, after, a year or two after I had uh, played for him." He said, "Oh, like you join late, and usually, like if you join late, you've you've come and you're not very good." But mm. I was like, I was I was shocked to realise how good you were, and I was like, um, to be honest, I. Like, I didn't really want to be... So they had four different teams. And uh, my mate was in the third team, which meant he trained in the afternoon and did his lessons in the morning. Whereas they tried to put me in the first team um, and we did our lessons in the morning. Uh, we trained in the morning and did our lessons in the afternoon, so I never really got to see my best mate. And um, all the mates that I did make left and got apprenticeships and stuff. Yeah. I remember having, um, like, a existential crisis at the time I was like I, I don't want to play for the first team I want to go and play for the third team yeah. and Rob, Rob sat me down and was like well I'm not letting you do that like the ability you've got um, you you can put yourself in the shop window 
like for trials and stuff. Um, and at the time, I, d- I didn't really believe in because I was like, we've not played anyone other than other college teams. But then we played um, FC United in a in like a cup competition. Ah, uh, yeah. And uh, and obviously we played against them, and I, I played quite well. And after the game, I think their manager was Rodri Giggs at the time. Yeah. He came over to me at the end and was saying um, how well I was playing, how how well I played, and he said he'd love to invite me down for a trial. Oh, obviously, well. I, obviously, I told Rob at the end, and I was like, um, "Yeah, you were right." It was like three weeks after I had my existential crisis, and I was like, um, "Yeah, you pretty much you were right, Rob. Um, I'm going for a trial." <laughs> That's. Do you know what? It's it's crazy how it how it happens, isn't it? Because like. You say you had your little your little crisis, <laughs> um, and and from that you know you had a you had a chat with obviously the gaffer at the time, um, who you know you must have trusted what he was saying to yeah, so, to make that decision. Yeah, so when you're doing your like your way for being um, licensed, like in the Greater Manchester area, he he's like the main man for it, like oh, coaching. Right. I think he, what's he called? He's the. Um, oh, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, he oversees it all. Um, so, like at the time, he was the biggest influence, like the highest influence in football in my eyes. So, um, I trusted him with everything, really. That's. Uh, do you know what I think? I think that's. You know when when you're talking to. To say people in general are people who who within the game, I think yeah. the ones who, it, it was like last night when I said you know I was I was interviewing Jake, um, yeah. and he was really like um, he had some kind words to say about you know some of his managers, um, and I think the man I think it's so important and underrated man management and how far oh. it can take you. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like obviously. As we move further across my uh, like career and stuff, like the managers I've had, the ones that I've I've performed best for or got along with most are the people that I am not. They've got people they know the weaknesses. Like coaching might be the weakness and stuff. Yeah. But man management, I think it takes you even further than tactical management. If I'm being completely honest, because. The way that people come across in football is brutal. Like, I know it's dog eat dog yeah. at the end of the day. Um, but if someone treats you with respect, and I'm one of them players that does need an arm around the, around the shoulder and be yeah. told to like that I'm loved and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So when when I've found managers in the past that are like that, I've I've honestly like been more trusting towards them and like. It seems as though like you got an extra ten, fifteen, twenty percent. Like it raises your game, and you genuinely like. I know it's cliche to say, but you would run for a brick wall from. Yeah, and that, that's important, isn't it? I think like it's. I think it's underrated, me. Like man management, like I honestly do, and and like you say, some some players want the sort of Fergie treatment, we'll call it, um, higher yeah. treatment, and others. Sometimes need the arm on arm on the shoulder, and there's nothing wrong with that if it's the first one or the second one. Um, but so like we were saying, so FC United, right? So 
You went over for a trial. What, uh, yeah, what transpired so, um, with that? Yeah, so I, I went down for a trial and uh, I was just training with them, at, but I was also on trial at Rochdale at the same time. Yeah. And um, obviously I was 17, so I, I, I couldn't qualify for a scholarship in a professional game. Yeah. Um, so it was a case of... It, I, I was kind of treated as an outsider, like even from the coaches when I was um, at Rochdale. So um, at Rochdale, I was supposed to play a game on the Saturday again. Preston um, but I was also in contact with Roger Giggs at the time and he said obviously I kept him updated yeah um, saying look I'm I'm on trial um, on trial at the same time um, but if nothing works out like I will I'll come to a music and the best part about it is he was completely understanding he said look they're a football league club they're being in a professional environment um, I can't, can't exactly um, hinder it. Obviously, I'm a bit gutted, but if nothing works out, we're more than you're more than welcome to come down to training. So, yeah. obviously, they had a game on the Sunday, um, and I was supposed to play in the game on the Saturday for Rochdale against Preston. And uh, I, I trained the full week, got to the Thursday, trained that day, and they had Friday off before their game. Yeah, uh, um, and. Like no one got in contact with me, so got to like Friday night, and I just said, um, "Have you got a game this weekend to Roger Giggs?" And he was like, uh, "Yeah, we've got a game at Avro, which wasn't too far from me and Oldham." Yeah, um, and yeah, I went went down there, played well, um, and then he invited me back for another game uh, against Daisy Hill, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but luckily for me, this is like you know when we touched on how crazy like things move quickly or decisions that you make yeah. and stuff not happening for a reason. Like I, I played at Daisy Hill, played like really well. Um, but the first team manager there, and I knew I'm going to be completely honest. I knew nothing about non-league football yeah. or, or football in general, to be honest. Um, and like the the first team manager came over to me and was like, Oh, you played really well and I was like, Thanks. Like, I didn't have a clue who you yeah. I was like, Oh, cheers. Um and he was like, I want you to come and play but obviously introduced himself, Carl Mardinson and stuff and I was like, Um, all right, who are you? And he was like, Oh, I'm the first team manager I was like, Oh, sorry, like I didn't, didn't know. He was like, Oh, it's completely understandable. Um and said, Do you wanna come and play? in a game for the first team. It was it was like, you know, a mix of first team where all the first team were on holiday. Yeah. Um, so there was about three or four players from the first team. It was like, I want you to play. And I, at that point, I was like, yeah, it's moving quick. But yeah, I'll, I'll come and play. Um, so we played West Isby and Charlton away on, on a Wednesday night. And um, I remember Matty Wolf and then... Um, who used to play for Oldham, who I used to go and watch as a kid. Yeah. Uh, oh, Matty Wolfenden, Tom Greaves, and uh, I can't remember, it might have been Craig Winfield. Um, they were playing, and I came on at the start of the second half. I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> um, had no haircut, had a ginger afro, it was disgusting. Awful. 
<laughs> so they must have thought like who is who is this like who have they dragged in dragged in um, and then I played and uh, I did quite well again um, like the com- my confidence was through the roof obviously because like, my my life was moving that quick um, and played really well I remember I speak Tom Greaves came and spoke to me after it and was like you'll be you'll be with us this year a million percent and at that point I was like oh my god like <laughs> it's crazy. Same with uh, Wolf and Matty Wolf, and then he came over and was like, um, different class. Um, hopefully, I see you this season at training and stuff. And uh, I was thinking like, this is this is crazy. Like, how has my life gone from being at college trying to play for the third team instead of the first team to uh, playing for FC United's first team in the space of what three, four months? Um, and I specifically remember after the game, the manager came to me and was like, right, we've got a home game um, this Saturday against Hereford and I want you to play in it. And I was thinking, right, this is this is crazy. Right, I keep getting invited back, so he must see something in me. Um, so obviously I went went down to the game and I came on at half-time and I remember straight off kick-off. Um, oh, sorry, at half-time, the manager said to the lads, like, get him on the ball, uh, make him feel welcome and stuff. And straight off kickoff, like, the ball went back to Sam Sheridan and he played it out to me and I was like, just ran past two people, played a pass and I was like, I, I feel like, felt like a duck to water, really. Um, it was great. And then um, I played well, set up a goal and uh, I remember my auntie at the time, she's like, social media busy on social media and stuff and she joined one of the Facebook pages um, for like an FC United fan group Mm. like they've got to be honest their fans are unbelievable they've got a great following Um, and some some man wrote a massive like paragraph about me like as a state and she screenshotted it and sent it to me and I was like I felt like I was playing in the Premier League at that point, I'm not going to lie. What did it say? Um, it said, like, his, his ability on the ball, his ability to go past people was, was unbelievable, like, rarely seen at this level. Um, and I specifically remember, actually, it said something like, he needs to go on a diet of uh, pork pies and Guinness. Um, <laughs> because because he, my legs look like two drain pipes. But um, apart from that, like, it was, it was very, very well nicely put um, and at that point I was I was just thinking this is absolutely mental like, yeah. I, could, like I felt like I was playing in the Prem Championship level um, but there was 1500 people at that game and there is a funny story to be fair so there was like 1500 people at that game and at the time I was I had a part time job working at Domino's yeah so um, obviously that was a Saturday and uh I remember I had a shift that, that night on Saturday. Yeah. And um, the manager like, spoke to me in the changing room and was like, look, FC, like, FC United is a fan-owned club. Like, we go and speak to um, the fans in the bar after the game. And I was like, um, sorry, but I, I can't. I've like, got to go and, go and work in Domino's. And he was like, um, all right, you can get yourself off then. So obviously I went and like it was it was so like depressing 
yeah. like the adrenaline dump from from playing in front of like fifteen hundred people, which is like the most I've ever played in front yeah. of in my life, and like the roar when we scored and stuff. Um, from playing in front of that to standing in front of an oven taking pizzas out for people who were paying twenty pounds for a pizza, so <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it wasn't exactly how I envisaged my uh, first taste of semi-professional football going in front of a crowd but that's what that's what happened that's crazy I think like like you say when you've done what you've done you know so far and we're only talking the beginning really aren't we um, yeah to go from that crazy three or four months you had um, to go getting catapulted to that level really um, yeah at such got- a young age you know, to to go. Oh yeah, I've just played in front of fifteen hundred people. To be like, all oh, right, I'm cooking pepperoni pizzas for someone who doesn't really give a damn about me. <laughs> you know, like. exactly. uh, to be fair, I remember putting on my Snapchat story like um, a picture of of the oven, and like it was Saturday night, so the rush was horrendous. It was yeah. like eight eighteen pizzas coming out of the oven. And I was t- I took a picture of it and was like, I've just been playing in front of fifteen hundred people, and now I'm sat back in reality it was <laughs> mental that's great so that was so your first game um, went unbelievably well what how did how did the rest of the season play out with FC United then yeah so obviously I thought like oh, I'm, I'm uh, basically going to start every game mm. obviously I got carried away at that time yeah um, and I was thinking like this is I'm going to play every game and no one can stop me, really. Um, but then, obviously, the, I played the rest of pre-season. And then, first game... first Yeah, first game of the season was Charlie away. Yeah. And the gaffer said, look, I'm not going to play you. Like, we've played... I think we played Rochdale. We played... Um, played Rochdale, Hereford. And we played in another... I can't remember who else it was. Yeah. It was, it was another league team. And... Said like, look, you've held your own, but ultimately they're pre-season friendlies. Like, I need you to watch how this league is. Like, it's very physical, physically demanding. And obviously, I was built like a rake at that time. (laughs) Built like a teenage boy. (laughs) Um, And he basically just said to me, like, first couple of games, you're probably not going to come on. Like, um, but we do see massive amount of potential in you. So. Just stick around, and then um, we'll see where we go from there. So I was like, "That's that's fine with me. At least you've had that chat." Yeah, I kind of like took me back down to to reality. But I was sat on the bench, and I was in and around like the lads and stuff, which was good for me because I'd never been in a dressing room because obviously grassroots level, very rarely do you get showered and yeah, fights sit in the sit in the changing room before a game and chat with lads and stuff so I was thinking to myself like that's probably the best thing that could have happened like me not playing just being there in and around it to start off with Um, but yeah in the second game we played Telford on the Tuesday night and I came on for like four minutes or something Yeah. but to me that was like a massive achievement in itself being 17 coming on at for four minutes in a National League North game, I was thinking like, this is what I want wanted six months ago. So 
I'm going to try and do my utmost to make sure that it's a regular occurrence. Um, and then throughout the season, I played, I think I played 25, 30 games. Um, and yeah, it just it kind of propelled me to a level where it was like, I need to maintain at least this level, if not more. Um, and I won player of them, player of them year, young player of the year for Bristol United. And yeah, I felt, felt great, to be honest. That's quality. That's... So one young player of the year, yeah. Um, and the end of the season comes. Did did you have any chat with the manager about the next season or? Uh yeah. So he, he basically so oh sorry I signed another so I was on non contract to start off with yeah. Um, and after about three games, uh, of me playing, so it was about the fifth sixth game in, I signed a contract. Um. Obviously, just on eighty pound a week. Yeah. Um, but that to me was crazy. I was used to paying what five, six pound subs. <laughs> um, not even, not even six months ago, like be- beforehand. So to get eighty pound and to get paid to play football to me was like a massive, massive achievement in itself. I was, I was like, this is this is what I want to do, and that's how it worked out. Um, but then. I signed till the end of that season, that contract, and then it got to January, and there was a lot of chat of me going, like being bought and stuff. Yeah. Um. So they put they tied me down to another contract, which took me to the end of the year after. Uh, yeah. So like a two year deal. Um. And obviously, I just came back in pre season and was was happily uh, playing playing games in pre-season but obviously that was my first pre-season I didn't realise how how like professional it was so I, I had a girlfriend at the time yeah. and we booked a holiday or a time during pre-season yeah. and um, I, I like didn't tell anyone I just took it and I think the, the manager at the time Margie was like thought like you know, I've done it purposely like I'd gone big time but I yeah, yeah. genuinely I genuinely didn't have a clue at that point um, and yeah I, I think it, the season that followed I didn't really play for the first six seven games yeah um, and we were rock bottom of the league and unfortunately Margie lost his job and one of the lads Tom Greaves who I was working for as well so I still work for him now yeah um, he he took over the player manager role, and uh, I went to Padium at that time um, on loan on dual red. Yeah, and and when I came back, obviously I used to travel with Tom, and Tom was like, "Oh, I want you to be playing, so I'm going to put you in this weekend." I was like, "That's that's fine with me. Like, I'll 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 be ready to play." Um, and to be honest, I kicked on again. Uh, like I took more responsibility, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I was when I, in the first season, I played solely as a number ten. But Tom, Tom, like instilled in me, like go and get the ball. You are our best player on the ball. Like go yeah. and get on the ball and make stuff happen. Like no matter where it is, don't be afraid to go and get on the ball. So I was like, I took on another centre responsibility, and yeah. It, to be fair, it helped me get to a, 
the next step. Um, and obviously, I got got a move at the end of that season, so wouldn't have been a bad bad season. Was that Salford? Was yeah, that yeah. So moved? how did how did that even come about? Um, so obviously, in the in the National League North, you tend to um, you tend to keep your Christmas fixtures local. Um, yeah. So Boxing Day, obviously playing for SD United. Um, Boxing Day, we played Salford, and New Year Day, we played Salford. Um, but at the start of January, uh, start of December, sorry, we went on a great run. We were got out of the relegation zone. Um, I think we beat four of the top six. Uh, did really well, and I went on trial at Crew. Oh. Um, and I, I honestly like no disrespect to crew, but I don't think I was ready to go on trial. Yeah, like at a league club again um, after what happened at, at Rochdale. So I went down, spent a week there, trained, but I knew after like the first two days that I wasn't going to get signed. Like the manager yeah. was distant. He didn't, to be honest, he didn't really come out and watch training. He uh, didn't speak to me, and I felt like socially excluded from from being there. Like I didn't really take to anyone, or no one talked to me, spoke to me. I was kind of like socially awkward myself. So I kind of yeah. I can't blame it solely on crew. It was also my fault. Um, and when I was um, so that was the start of December, and we played. Played Salford on the 26th of the Boxing Day, and uh, obviously I was still thinking like, oh, I'm never going to be a pro pro stuff, or I'm never going to be in full time football. And uh, we played Salford, and it's probably the best game I've ever played. To be fair, um, everything that I tried was coming off, and uh, the, I remember it's burned in general at the time. Um, I remember they spoke to. They spoke to Tom after the game and said, oh, that lad you've got on loan from Crew's good. Like, do you reckon if we went up, we'd be able to get him? And, uh, like, Tom reminded him, like, um, he doesn't play for Crew, he's not on loan, he's here full time. Um, And ever since that, they monitored me till the end of the season. Yeah. And at the end of the season, I signed under... The pretenses that obviously they got promoted, so I signed under the pretenses that it would be Bernard and John or other managers oh, yeah. the in the uh, in the conference, but uh, not really how it worked out. So I signed, and then the uh, news broke about three days later that they had left. So, oh. so yeah, um, so basically I signed under a manager who knew nothing about me, and uh, yeah. That didn't go particularly to plan. That move. Yeah, it's what. Do you know what I was? I was speaking to. It was Nathan Cartman actually. Um, yeah. When I did the interview with him, and he was saying when he went to Leeds. Um, yeah. Exactly the same thing. Like I think it was a couple a couple of months or rather than a couple a couple of days must have been, must have been you know difficult to deal with. I think yeah. I, I don't know. I think like it's one of them where you think, do you know what? Oh, come on, give us a break. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So 
whilst, I, whilst there was that talk, but um, he had like, for some reason, he had me down as a winger and like some, most managers do, like I'm not the biggest, I'm not yeah. the strongest, like, um, so like they look at me and I'll instantly think like, because I've got half decent feet, like, oh, he must be a winger. Yeah. And I I, I was thinking in my head, like, if, if you just play me centre mid, I'll be a completely different player than I am on the wing. Like, I've never played on the wing, so mm. I don't, I don't really know how how to take the ball with my back to go and stuff like that. Like, I don't really know positionally like where to go, when to make my runs and stuff. So I tried my hardest in pre-season to, to learn the role. And, um, like, it came to, like, the first game of the season. From that point, I knew I wasn't going to play in the league. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was like, demoralised. And I genuinely think I became depressed. Like, I'd go on yeah. loan. Um, so I went on loan to Charlie, and that's where I like kind of found my love for football again. Um, so I was like buzzing, like that. It was initially a month, then I signed another month, and then I was supposed to sign to the end of the season. Now I also played in the FA Trophy, FA, yeah, FA Trophy against Dagenham and Redbridge, and. Yeah. Um, I picked the ball up at the halfway line and I drove past three players, put someone in and we scored. And I won one of the match that game and I was like, like this kickstarted my soul for yeah. career. Like that was like the first time I touched grass in front of the crowd at Salford. Um, and I was thinking like the manager has to play me. So he put me on the bench for Gatehead at home. Yeah. Um, I came on at, I had two opportunities. I, like, I made two chances. Um, and we should have scored and we, it, we drew no no um, and I remember after the game the chair chairwoman like texted me and she said look I've seen you play twice there's no reason why you shouldn't shouldn't like kick on now and be a regular starter in the team and I was like thinking there we go like this is this is the chance I've been waiting for and I've, I can't say I've not taken it like I, I've done all I can yeah um, so we play Halifax the week after and I'm on the bench on the Friday. I'm on the I'm on the bench on the team sheet. So I get to Halif- uh, the Halifax meet point um, at the hotel and um, our captain, our captain's missus was pregnant and she went into labour on a Friday night. No way. So then he brought in a youth team player from a youth team centre-half brought him into the squad he sat on the bench and I was out of the squad so and then from that point I never got anywhere near it again so I was like as quickly as I took my opportunity yeah and extenuating circumstances that dictate that I can't 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 make any more of an impression I think I think it had more to do with the manager than yourself though to be fair Um, oh no I yeah. I, I fully understand that, but like, I was thinking like I've done I've done more than enough to warrant. at least get a chance. Yeah, like even even a like a start or anything, and yeah, I was thinking like, well, this is the end of myself and career, but it's even bigger. Um, but then I was supposed to go back on loan to Charlie. We had a first round FA Cup replay against Doncaster. Yeah. Um, which I played in the first leg of. Um, so we had 
we had that to look forward to. And then all of a sudden, I was on the way home from training on a Tuesday, Thursday, and I was in contact with the calling manager. And I was saying, yeah, I'm a million percent, I'm coming, Like I want to come back. And he was like, we'd love to have you back and stuff. Um, and then on the way home on a Tuesday, the gaffer from Salford, Graham Alexander, rang me and said, look, you're going to walk in. I didn't have a clue where walking was, what league they were in. Um, and he just said, you're going to walk in. And I was like, um, all right. I said, like, what's the plan? Like, what am I, like, where do I go? What do I do? And he said, so you travel down on the Thursday during the day on the train or whatever you want to do, or however way you want to get there. Um, you'll get to walk in, you'll stay. You'll train on the Thursday night. Um, stay over on the Friday and then play the game Saturday and you can come back but during on Monday and I was like oh that's that's fine and I got there and the first training session we were training on a grass pitch with no floodlights at 8 o'clock at night in February March so you can only <laughs> imagine how dark it was yeah, I, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face for <laughs> someone 15 yards away receive a pass so I was like I, so I got played that Saturday um, and I didn't play particularly well like I had a play yeah. in a couple of months there. Um but it turns out that they, they only needed a player for one game like they needed a midfielder for one game and I was oh, like come on I was like what the f-? I'm travelling all this way down to London and I've played one game like, so after about the third week, I said, look, I'm going to cancel the loan. Like, I'm, I don't want to be here yeah. at the end of the day. Um, and, it was, and then the, the manager kind of said, look, you're not going to play here, so you may as well have stayed there. And I was like, that's fine, but you're not the one travelling down to not play at walking. Like, and that was at the point I was like depressed. Like, I was like, yeah. I hate it. Hate football, hate full time football. Falling out of love again. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it was the worst, worst time of my like, football career, to be honest. So, you know, they only needed a, a midfielder for one game. So, after three weeks, did you get to go back to Salford or did you have to stay with Walking for a certain amount of time? No, no, so obviously, I was theoretically, I was still on loan. Yeah. But Obviously, I'd ended it, so I said, like, look, I'm, yeah. you don't have to pay wages and stuff. Like, you don't have to pay my expenses. I'm, I'm not coming back. Like, oh, fair enough, yeah. I'm just not coming back. Um, and obviously, I think you were in the playoffs then, um, Salford. So, like, the, the gaffer, like, used to punish me and make me do afternoon sessions. He used to make me do double sessions. It was horrendous. Like, I was sitting here thinking at that time, like, this this manager absolutely hates me. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, then Salford got promoted and and you have like an end of season meeting with the manager and he said, uh, look, you haven't played this year so you're not going to play next year. Um, you can either find yourself a loan club or if you don't find a full-time loan club, you'll be, uh, you'll be playing with the 23s. I was like, all right, so I sorted myself out alone to 
to Southport, which they were full time for the first two months of the season. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I was training there every day. I, I enjoyed during pre season. I played centre mid during pre season, loved it. Every season, every single pre season game, played centre mid. Came to the first game of the season, wasn't playing. Oh, <laughs> come on. Wasn't playing because. Um, they had Devon Green at the same time. Yeah. He was a winger, and he said, um, "Oh, he, he always plays well against Gateshead." So I was like, "Oh, that's fine." He drew. He drew nil nil. Yeah. And then uh, the week, the following week, he uh, played. Which played? Curzon Ashton on Tuesday, on Tuesday night. Yeah. And I played really well, um, but they put me right wing, and I was like, "I'm." I'm telling you, like, I'm not a winger. Like, I can't play on the yeah, wing. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, their, their style of football didn't suit me at all. Like, their yeah. manager their manager at the time said, look, we want to get it in their third and play from there rather than try and build any type of play up. Yeah. Um, so at that point, I knew like I'm just not going to enjoy this until the end of the season at all. So... <laughs> well, so we'll fast we'll fast forward a bit. Um, so, you know, get gets to gets to twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, and we go go on loan again. Go to Scarborough Athletic. Yeah. So how, um, how did that go? How did that come about? And how did that go? Yeah. So obviously, when I was at FC, we played in the Manchester Premier Football Manchester Senior Cup. Yeah. And we played played Hyde and as Kelly asked asked me then, like, Oh, do you wanna come on loan? Because obviously I looked young, I didn't look built for uh, to play in the National League nor. Yeah. So he basically said to me, Look, um, can we get you on loan? And I was like, Oh I play every week for F C and we just stayed in contact. Um he obviously left Hyde had six months out and then got the Scarborough job. Oh, but I, but I didn't know that, so I, I messaged him and he said, look, um, I'm not enjoying Southport. Is there any chance I could come on loan for you at Hyde? Because yeah. Hyde's quite close to my house. Um, and he said, uh, are you, mate? Yeah, I'm happy to bring you on loan. Um, unfortunately, I'm at Scarborough, not, not, um, not Hyde anymore. And I was like, I've got to think about that. It's miles away. Yeah, uh, but then obviously I did my research on on Scarborough. They were in and around the playoffs, and and uh, he said, "Look, I, I can promise you that I know you as a player. Um, I'll make you feel loved." And uh, he was true to his word. If, if I'm being honest, like he was the first manager that that like picked me up in front of everyone. Like so, before games, he'd be like, "Get." get the ball to Glennie, um, he'll make stuff happen. But at that time, I was like, you know, it's pressure, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's... Uh, go on. No, I was, I was just going to say that. I think when you were saying about the um, just wanting to feel loved again, I think that's... And then you've got... So you've got from not getting the opportunities and sort of being, you know, sort of going, oh, well... Not that you're not good enough, but for the man, the manager at Salford, um, yeah, 
and then to be like, well, actually, give it, <laughs> give it to Glinny, and then you, you're like, all oh, right, so I've gone from not not being played to just give us, just pass me the ball, big pre- big yeah. pressure shift. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, um, but the, I think I think I thrive upon that more. Like, if I'm if I like, this is just my personal mindset. Like, if yeah. I feel like I'm just a bit part player, like my heart's not in it. Mm. I have to like strike myself up before games to like say like, look who's better than you on this pitch. I I need to feel like I'm the best player on the pitch, if that makes sense. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And I can't credit Daz Kelly enough for making me feel that way before games in himself, like he used to say to like people, like, look, Glynny's something different than what we've got. Like, no one can do the stuff Glynny can do. So give him the ball and he'll make stuff happen. In front of everyone, I was thinking, like, this is what I want, really. Um, And, obviously, I dropped down below any level I've played before. Yeah. um, Because they were in in the Northern Prem. And I was thinking, like, before I was going to sign, I was like, oh, I don't know if, if, like, this will suit me or not. Yeah. Ultimately, I, I was big time. I was thinking, like, I'm better than this level but at that point it was a case of look go and enjoy your football enjoy football again like fall in love with football yeah um and that six months at Scarborough like gave me that and much more like they've got an unbelievable following hence why I've stayed here for so long yeah that's do you know what it's crazy because you go full circle, don't you, to being sort of rushed through the footballing system from, you know, playing in college to getting trials to signing with Salford and having the, you know, sort of like heartache really, isn't it? Because thinking, oh, you're going to play a big part in a team who's, you know, progressing because of, yeah. you know, the obvious ownership. Um, and... Then to go back, go you know, go back down and play like at you know the the lowest level that you've played at since you started football, profe- like professionally. Um, but I think it's important, you know. I I I I agree with what you're saying. Like to fall in love with the game again, and then you know, like you've said, you you went on loan and and did you sign permanently after the end of that that season? Yeah. So. Obviously, there was still stuff about COVID and, and all yeah. that. Um, and ultimately, I just said to Dasko, look, I've got offers to stay in full-time football, but if I can find a job, like, you are my priority. Like, ultimately, you've helped me fall back in love with football. Yeah. And I love everything about the club. The fans are unbelievable. They love me you love me as a player or manager to player perspective so like it's a no brainer for me to sign um, obviously we sorted a deal out and Colby kind of interrupted that Yeah. Um, about 8 games in and I was thinking football really does not want me to, uh, <laughs> to carry yeah. on yeah it's, the, it, it ruined everything didn't it especially at that level Especially, you know, like sort of the non-league level, um, COVID, 
you know, and, and there was it they were on about restarting it and then it never happened and you know, so what what was the I know it was difficult, but what was like sort of the train training? Did you just do the training on Zoom and go out for runs and during lockdown, so to speak? Uh, so if you ask anyone um, associated with with Scarborough pre season, they will tell you how much I absolutely despise running. <laughs> <laughs> now, I I feel like I'm weird in myself like if I play a game tomorrow I'll be able to run for the full 90 minutes yeah like completely fine no no issues whereas if you ask me to go and run for 15 minutes I'd, I'll give up after 10 like I'm just not like I've got like a short term concentration span where I'm like oh, that is boring now yeah mental, more mental type of thing yeah like running for me that's bigger than anything mental. Like I could not complete a marathon, but if you asked me to play football and run the equivalent of a marathon, like for as long as it takes, I feel like I could do that. Like that's a bit exaggerating, but I know what you mean. Like because it's a goal, like to go and get the ball or to drive with the ball and stuff. Like I feel like that's much easier. Um, but during during lockdown, I like tried tried my hardest to give it a go. Like gyms reopened and. I'm not a big gym goer. Yeah. But, but um, I tried going. I used to go with my friend and I was like dead self-conscious because obviously my frame that would be... I used to go at like 12 o'clock at night to avoid people. Um, yeah. So like, we'd go then and I'd be like... I'd be trying my absolute utmost to get motivated for it and it was just like... At the end of the day, I'm just going to go and like try and get keep fit but when pre-season comes back out I can just get fit then <laughs> yeah I know what you mean it's <clears throat> I think that was a difficult time but like you say it's the it's football fitness is different to normal fitness isn't it um, yeah like so as long as you've got your football fitness and you can got your goals for that I think that's 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 the main thing isn't it yeah and I used to see tweets on um, during lockdown and court like the height of COVID was like people putting 5Ks on and so, I can't remember who it was but they tweeted um, yeah you can run a 5K in 18 minutes but you couldn't trap a bag of cement and I was just like that's, <laughs> that's it's true like, you could be the fittest man alive but ultimately football itself is different yeah of course it is of course it is so yeah um, so like you said you've you stayed you stayed at Scarborough um, had had a successful season season just gone I'm assuming yeah uh, very successful to be fair um, obviously new manager came in John O's obviously in my eyes playing at the level that we play at he's won the Champions League obviously a bit part player for United but he's had an unbelievable career and, but obviously when he was first announced I was thinking that's like looking at it it's that is a massive coup for this level like ultimately just off his football and CV alone I probably feel like he should get a league one league two team if you if you wanted management um, but yeah he came in and obviously to start off with I don't think we particularly saw eye to eye um, yeah. he put me in that category again where 
judging off my frame and attributes with the ball, I'd probably come across as a winger. Uh, so he, he kept putting me on the wing and, I, and obviously I didn't voice my opinion at the time because I was happy just to play for the t- just to play. Um, and I was thinking, I, I can't go through another season of playing on the wing. And ultimately for the first month, two months of the season, uh, I wasn't wasn't myself and he, he pulled me to the side um, and said, look, when I came in and I asked people about you, they said that you used to go past people with, with ease. Um, you are the player that you wanted to get the ball to, but ultimately I've not seen that in the first two, three months of the season. Um, yeah. And I just, obviously it was an open conversation. I said, look, I am not a winger. Like, I'm not blessed with incredible pace. Um and ultimately, I, I, I don't really know how to play the position. And he said, OK, where would you play? I said, anywhere centrally, like, other than up front, anywhere in midfield centrally. He said to me, like, OK, we'll, we'll see how the, how the um, season goes on. And ultimately, he put me centrally. And if, in my own eyes, I was a step above what I was at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I won his trust in a central position. Um, and yeah, now me and me and the gaffer have a, a great relationship. To be honest with, uh, I'm a bit of a class clown, and uh, I think he, I think he enjoys it now. Whereas before, he would have been would have been telling me off. <laughs> that's that that's fantastic. So. With you know saying you're ha- happy, fe- feeling good, it, is the plan to to just smash smash into pre season in the next few weeks and and have another full se- full season where you are. Yeah, ultimately, like um, when I was younger, I obviously I wanted to play at the highest level possible, but and I and I got that with Salford, I got a chance to play. Well, not play week in week out, yeah, but yeah. Um, I got a chance to play. At a, I called myself a full-time footballer and uh, I felt like I lost my way myself um, and ultimately, ultimately my happiness. So, Scarborough's given me the opportunity to go and play with a smile on my face, play some of the best football I've played in myself. So, all I can do is repay them by playing well for them this year at, at the highest level that they've played at um, since reforming. So yeah, for me it's it's um it's a good season to look forward to, and ultimately, um, hopefully I can have a, a a good season, and we can have a good season. Uh, go and smash pre-season, see how fit we can get. Um, plenty of running sessions, I'm sure, which I'm not particularly too happy about, but <laughs> but but we move. So yeah, hopefully we have a great season and. And uh, the goal, obviously, to stay in the league. But if we can push playoffs or mid-table, then I'm sure there'll be a lot of happy Scarborough fans and happy Scarborough players. Definitely. Sounds good. So just to just to finish things off, um, if you could give some advice to your younger self, obviously you're still only a young lad, but <laughs> to your teenage self, um, yeah. about your career so far um, what would you say and would you make 
any changes on the decisions you've made in your career so far? Um, wow, caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> cha- changes, I would have probably given myself another another season at FC United instead of signing for Salford. Um, and and see where see, see where that led me. Um, but but the main advice to my young self would be, look, football. You could play at the highest level that you possibly can. You could make more money than than you probably need. Um, but football. Remember why you got into football? It's enjoyment, right? And that that's what you get. That's what I've got at Scarborough. So. Don't worry. Don't get too disheartened by people's opinions. Football is a massive game of opinions. At the end of the day, like um, some, you might not be someone's cup of tea, but um, you might be someone else's crown jewel for all they know. Um, so yeah, don't get too disheartened by other people's opinions. Um, and more than anything, put a smile on your face. Can't can't say fairer than that, can you? To be fair, no, not at all. So yeah, um, so yeah, what we'll do is we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, and if you don't mind, can we get you back on mid-season to see see how you're getting on and, and catch up again? Yeah, of course, can. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really fun. Thanks for your uh, for your time this evening. Um, and I'll let you go and go and chill out and have a have a beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, Brad. Thanks a lot. No worries. Right, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. You're right, mate.